Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of A Day in the Life of Zori podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I truly appreciate it. Um, I apologize for the delay. I was sick for some time and then my kids were sick. Um, But we're all on the mend now and I wanted to drop the second half of the episode that I promised on the last episode. Um, So I went over all about cruising and then there was a particular event in this particular trip that we took in January to the Bahamas that I wanted to just kind of talk and, and have a little dialogue around. And that is the fact that my cruise ship with Royal Caribbean while we were traveling to the Bahamas. Um, We were supposed to be going to their private island and what transpired was that the water was far too rough and we ended up having to kind of detour and stay at sea. In the process of staying at sea, we actually rescued a Cuban boat. Um, The boat was filled with 17 people, um, men, women, and children in a very, very, very very small vessel. Um, and these people had been at sea for 15 days and had been traveling with another party that was another boat with 22 people in it that capsized at sea. So the morning of that particular event, we were looking out into the water because we had a balcony room and, you know, we'd, we'd go out and look into the water. And that morning, I remember my mom saying, I don't really think we're going to be able to dock today. The water is very rough. Um, We weren't sick, thankfully, right? Because we had the fantastic bracelets my Navy brother-in-law suggested. But um, we we kind of had an inkling that we weren't going to be able to stop. And it it was very much so um, an opportunity that I was kind of bummed because I was really hoping to see the island, you know, Caribbean, um, Royal Caribbean's island and just kind of check it out and hang out and just have a really cool, fun day. But the water really did look rough and I, it wasn't necessarily enticing to go like in the water or anything like that because it was kind of windy and just kind of not stormy, but definitely rough. So there was, there was some rough seas. And when the captain came on and said we weren't docking that day, um, he did make note that the waves were actually covering the pier. They were hitting the pier, um, pretty high. So we, it wasn't going to be safe passage, even if we wanted to stop. but the grand scheme of things, when we looked and had, you know, more in-depth conversations, especially me and my mom, um, you know, we are Christian and, and you know, we are women of faith. And, you know, had we not docked like we were supposed to, which is what transpired and, you know, had to kind of kill some time out in the ocean, um, if we hadn't done that, we would have never encountered this particular vessel with these 17 people on board. Um, The people were literally throwing out buckets of water, you know, trying to empty their vessel. It took over 45 minutes once we stopped our ship for them to actually get close enough to us um, in order to render aid to them. And I want to kind of like attack this from a few different levels, right? So there is international water law, um, which our captain definitely referred to, that if you see a vessel that's in distress, you are supposed to stop and provide aid if possible. Um, Clearly, we are on a cruise ship. Our ship is gigantic in comparison to this tiny vessel with waves that were exceedingly high. Um, So regardless of what you feel about 
immigration or anything of the sort, right? Push that aside. International law in the water requires aid to these vessels. What happens with the legalities after the fact is not up to you. It's to whatever entity you have to report to, right? So our captain um, in this particular instance did alert the U.S. Coast Guard, um, and then they were actually rendered to the Bahamian authorities because that's where we were headed. So 17 lives were on board this tiny rinky-dink boat, um, and they were out there with likely no food, no drinkable water, because they were out there for 15 days. They, it wasn't supposed to be that long of a journey. Um, they've seen, you know, they've seen, excuse me, friends pass away and capsize at sea, um, imagining, I'm sure, that they would probably capsize at sea and never be found. Um, so the first thing that a lot of people on board really experience. It was kind of like a very um, emotional experience to see these people get closer and people were cheering for them. And you could hear people on board who were clearly Cuban, um, you know, yelling at them to, you know, come on, you can do it. You can make it. Um, And just people just trying to render some kind of aid, right? Just straight humanity, not my race, my country, my anything, just straight humanity, that there are people on board this tiny ship that is clearly not well suited for the waves that were hitting that day. Like everyone on board was being kind of moved around by the motion of the waves. And, you know, we're on a giant ship and these people are in this tiny rinky dink boat. Um, and I think just the humanity in everyone really won that day. And it was a beautiful sight to see. And I literally have video footage of people cheering and yelling and clapping and just being so excited that these people were finally, you know, getting some help, that they were being pulled out of those waters. It was particularly chilly still, um, especially with the wind and the waves. I can't imagine that they were dry. The waves were well above their little boat's um, sides. So, you know, going, going through 15 days, hungry, thirsty, cold, the pitch blackness of being out on the water is something completely indescribable. And honestly, to be completely transparent, it was probably the number one fear that I had of going on a cruise ship. It wasn't so much sinking. It wasn't so much anything else. It was just the pitch blackness that we were going to encounter when nightfall hit. Um, and we were out at sea. And honestly, it was slightly terrifying to look out there and see nothing. Um, but we at least were elevated. You can kind of look down. Um, I can't imagine being essentially at sea level and sitting in pitch blackness. Um, I can't imagine what that must've been like for that small child, for that woman, for those men. Um, you know, so like beyond all these things, humanity won that day and people were cheering on and were very glad to be able to rescue these people. Then sets in the reality of how incredibly awful must it be in your country, in your homeland, for you to risk literally everything, including your life, to go and find a different home. Um, I think the gravity and like the severity of what that actually means and to have actually witnessed this, right? Because this is something that you see on the news. We see it on, on the news regularly. But to be able to witness that particular event and see these people in extreme distress, 
literally fleeing their home countries to try and just have a remote chance at a better life is just like it's overwhelming. It's completely impactful. I mean, I can't like count the number of people that we ran into and held conversations that day and people would just, their eyes would well up and they're like, how bad must it truly be for you to really just risk it all? Um, You know, and I really think, you know, in the grand scheme of life here in the United States, you know, we have a lot of things that need fixing and I'm not going to sugarcoat that, but my God, like we live in a country that truly does allow liberties. We, you know, if you want to out, go out there and hustle and work, you're able to. If you, you know, if you want to change your life and, you know, revamp yourself, you can do so. Um, if you want to practice any number of religions, you can do so. If you want to be an atheist, atheist, if you want to, you know, be punk rock and have all this grunge and edge, um, you can do so many things, right? And nobody even bats an eye. Like, you know, you go out into a, you know, a conglomerate city like New York and, you know, or LA even, and you see people in all different sides, you know, different facets of life, different fashion styles, different religions, different everything. And people still come together, right? It's just, it's a sense of community and just American pride. And I really think that we forget um, that there's so many places where that is just like, it's literally the American dream. People want to be able to be free to pursue, you know, their life's work, to pursue, um, their passions, to pursue their faith without any type of condemnation or punishment. And, you know, I, I get that, you know, the, the, the financial, you know, despair that this country might be in, um, with, you know, with the, with the pending recession and all these things that are going on in this country after the pandemic are, are significant. And we've, we've had our fair share of crap. Um, but even still, we are immensely blessed to still be able to go out and get any supplies that you need. Um, you can go, you know, you can find a job if you're really looking and willing and able, um, there's opportunities, right? There's opportunities for growth and development for the human being. Um, whereas in other countries, it, the, the, the opportunities are just not there. There is no opportunity. It's it's just you get what you get and like whatever it is, it is. And the cards that you're dealt are dealt and that's it. Um, so, you know, to encounter this particular scenario firsthand, to be able to see these people and just, you know, feel the impact and like the reverb of all of this, right? Because it, it, it affected the the mood of the ship the entire day, all the way through dinner and even into the next day. Um, you know, and people are on vacation mode. People are just having a grand old time and everyone, it was just very solemn on board. And it was just kind of like, I think everyone was just really sitting heavy with the fact that these people had risked everything to come um, out into the waters and try and find a new opportunity, a new place to, to call home and to, you know, better their lives. Um, then of course comes, I, we, some of the news articles that came out and then you read just the incredible hateful comments. And honestly, if, if that's you, please keep your thoughts to yourself. I I don't want to hear it. I'm not here to advocate for, you know, just open the floodgates of immigration because I understand that there has to be balance. But when you have people that are literally risking their lives out at sea, there's a really big problem we need to consider. And yes, it might not be necessarily opening our floodgates to let every single person in um, to immigrate into this country, but perhaps we need to reassess 
what we do as a nation to help support nations that are in despair. Um, and I get it. We have our own issues to deal with and I get it. I, I, I'm not, you know, oblivious to that, but I really think that when you are a powerhouse, like America has been considered for decades on end, you really need to find ways to impact the greater community of humankind across the world. It's not just about what's here. Um, you know, if we can make an impact, to better the situation of people in other nations, we should do so. Of course, we also need to do a lot of things better here in the United States. Um, there's a lot of, you know, opportunity with the homelessness. There's a lot of opportunity with children, um, you know, needing adoption. There's a lot of opportunity with people living below the poverty line. Um, so many things that, you know, there are opportunities for, but it was just clearly evident that, you know, somebody's got to be able to do something. And, just ignoring the problem is not making it go away. It doesn't make it go away for these people that are living it, breathing it every single day, right? This is their reality is that they're living in this country that is just not conducive to living a free and happy life. And how else are they supposed to get anywhere if they are not allowed to go and seek asylum and shelter in another nation? Um, you know, and I, I totally get, you know, the, the, the historical, you know, repercussions of, of what this particular country like Cuba um, has had to endure based of, you know, unfortunately, based on the leadership that they had in place. Um, but there's just so much to like, look at, and it just it weighed so heavy on us for the rest of the trip. And, you know, honestly, we know that they're going to be sent back to their country. And that's even more sad, because, we know that it's it's potentially they'll be punished, imprisoned, you know, treated treated as traitors um, for trying to leave, and it's just it's heartbreaking because there's really there's no quick remedy to any of these issues. There's there's never a quick remedy, right? I, I wish we could snap our fingers and call it a day, but that's not how it works. And it was just something that I really just kind of wanted to talk about and highlight. And I know that everybody has varying degrees of opinion around immigration laws and all these things. And, you know, even the international law of the water, like people were just like, oh, you should have just let them stay out there and die. And I'm like, how as a human being, do you feel entitled to just say, let them die? Um, like literally it, it took nothing away from our trip, from our vacation, from anything that we wanted to experience for ourselves. Um, they came on board because they, they were brought on board. They were provided medical care, you know, medical attention. Um, they were given fresh sets of clothes and, you know, I'm sure they were fed and just, you know, until we got to the Bahamas and it's just, it was so saddening to me to see people just really comment like, Oh, let, you should have just let them out at sea. And I'm like, how, where, where's the humanity? in people like have we really lost touch with the simple act of loving human beings i i really like that that's beyond anything faith related or christian like do you really not care about another human being like you really are that disconnected um from just compassion altogether that you 
literally would sentence someone to die at sea because it just inconvenienced you in no way because we weren't going to dock anyway. It wasn't like we were stopping and disrupted our entire trip. We literally weren't going to dock. We were going to be out in the water regardless. So us stopping for an hour literally changed nothing about our trip. Um, and, you know, it provided people this opportunity to get medical treatment, to be get food and water that had been at sea and probably should have been dead already. I don't even know how they were surviving with the waves that we had seen at sea while we were out on the water. So it's just phenomenal to me that people have lost touch with their compassion, um, have lost touch with their humanity and just simple respect and courtesy for other human beings. Honestly, this goes beyond Christianity. It goes beyond faith. It's just little compassion. Um, it's little just feeling moved by someone else being in distress. Like I literally can't go anywhere. And if I see a child unattended and I don't see an immediate parental figure or a guardian next to them, I am standing guard by this kid. Not, you know, not grabbing them or anything, but I am standing guard, keeping an eye on this small, you know, child. And I literally, I can't do it. I can't just walk away and turn a blind eye and say, well, good luck to you. I just can't do it. Um, you know, my kid comes home on the bus and there's kids that I don't even know their parents. I don't know them. And if their parent isn't there, I'm not leaving the bus stop. I'm just not. I just, I can't fathom that people really care so very little or not at all for other human beings, just for the decency and common courtesy and care and compassion for another person. Like, I just, I don't understand how we've become this disassociated with just compassion altogether. We have become so desensitized that we just say whatever to, you know, people who are at risk of death and we just turn a blind eye to everything. And I just, I, I couldn't fathom the commentary that came about the story um, that we lived firsthand. I was overwhelmed and moved by the reaction on board because people were just so genuinely happy that they were being rescued. And then the complete solemn feeling and just the heaviness that if people felt on board because they knew that these people were probably going to be sent back to their country and just how incredibly awful must it be that you're trying to leave and flee your country and you get rescued and you're going to be shipped back. Um, and how incredibly awful that you've spent two weeks at sea risking literally everything to you know, to have other people just say, I, you should have just let them die. Um, and I just, I really wanted to talk about it and just highlight it and just, just sit with it for a second. Like I, I, I'm almost glad that it took me a little bit longer to put this together because I just, I, I, I can't count the number of times that I was brought to tears just by reading people's commentary on, you know, the stories and, and the news, um, reports on it. And just people are so hateful. And I, I really like to believe that there's good in everyone, but the commentary section in those articles just truly showed what hateful, disconnected, entitled humans live out there. And it's scary to say that we share a planet with people that feel this way and just really don't give a damn about other people or what happens to anyone else. Um, it terrifies me to know that my daughters are growing up in a place where hate still very much abounds. And, you know, just because 
we have a different last name, they can still be singled out. And it makes me really, really sad to think that all the efforts of, you know, my generation and the generations prior to move forward, to connect communities and bond communities has been really ripped at the seams over the last few years, especially here in America. And it's just, it's, it's heartbreaking to see how much hate and disdain there is still in the world and how openly people feel comfortable to share it um, and how difficult it is for people to rise against it. And, you know, I pray for these, you know, 17 people who are rescued and, you know, I hope that they get an opportunity to come or to go somewhere legally and get a new opportunity, um, you know, at, and at minimum go back to just their normal lives and not be imprisoned or anything of the sort. But knowing how that country runs, I'm sure that they will be punished for attempting to flee their country. And for all the haters out there, currently there is no legal way for a Cuban to enter the United States. Um, all those doors were shut for the Cuban people for several years now. So them literally coming here and trying to seek asylum and hit our land is the only way that they could possibly enter the country. There's no legal way for them to at the moment. There's no legal recourse for them to do. Um, I don't know about other countries, other nations, of course, but um, I also know that there's a lot of countries that are still in very much despair and there's a lot of you know different things going on with different governments and different nations across um, Central and South America that are very very saddening and you know there's a lot of distress going on and you know people believe in the American dream and some people don't appreciate it they don't appreciate the freedoms that we have and they don't value um, the beauty that is this country that it was built by immigrants um to build that american dream but you know that's a topic for another day anyway i just wanted to share that particular story from our cruise because i had promised to drop that second episode but thank you so much again for listening i promise not to be too delayed on my next episode have a fantastic one take care you guys bye